Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week our troop explores different areas of Walt Disney Parks, Cruise Line, movies, culture, and more. Joining us this week on our adventure, we have Adrian. Hey! And Crystal. Hey, you all. And Jessica. Hello! And I am RJ. Trooper Milford is actually on vacation above the Disney Dream as we're speaking now, and Trooper Mel is busy tending to her flock during her last <laughs> week of school. <laughs> so first, <laughs> before we begin, I'd like to start by congratulating Mel on her new position as the editor of the DCLPrepSchool.com. So we're definitely looking forward to following that along and seeing how well she's going to do at that and how helpful she'll be to anybody looking to have find any information on doing any sort of Disney Cruise activities. Uh, just one more thing before we get going. Uh, just for those who have listened for these first five episodes, uh, we greatly thank you and appreciate it. And for those who listen on iTunes, uh, can you please give us a review, preferably a five-star review? It helps us uh, know how we're doing, and it helps us get found easier because it'll move us up the charts when you search for Disney-related podcasts. So with that, we're going to begin tonight's episode speaking about wedding proposal sites in and around Disney World and Disneyland and even the cruise, if that would apply. So some ones I had, I did not get married in Disney World, but I did honeymoon on the Disney Magic and also in the parks for four days before that. Wedding proposal sites, I was trying to think of ones that aren't the obvious in front of Cinderella Castle, because that's obviously most people's dream and their picture book type setting for for that very special occasion i had some other ideas just off the beaten path kind of because that's where my mind first goes with stuff like this and i was thinking like the in epcot center in canada they have those wonderful waterfalls and that whole area back there where the victoria garden is heading down to les saliers and over towards the O Canada movie. And I just thought that's a really cool background, standing in front of the waterfalls and with the mist and everything, and that could be a romantic setting as well. And also, I know the, the gardens over in the UK, where I believe Alice and Mary Poppins meet with guests, that's a really nice place too, really just a nice kind of quiet area. I mean, it's not hidden, but it's not a high-traffic area, so that could be a great area to to make a proposal on either way. And another another favorite spot, which is where I used to enjoy watching Illuminations a lot, would be in Italy, in that little step-down area that brings it kind of down towards the World Showcase Lagoon. That's, that's a nice, I mean, it's a big open area, so you definitely would have plenty of people standing by watching and, and hopefully cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a cool spot, too. Another spot I thought of in the Magic Kingdom besides the castle, would be on top of the train station. Because then you got great views of all of Main Street, if you have anybody ever oh. take pictures. And I think that would pretty be pretty awesome to to have a wedding proposal on top of the train station. That that, that seems like a pretty cool area. So that, that was kind of all I, I thought of. Adrian, how about you? Well, you were talking about the gardens in the UK, and I was thinking about the gardens over in France, and the France Pavilion, too are beautiful over in that kind of corner there. But um, I actually did get engaged in Disney World. And so anytime my husband complains about my obsession, I blame him. (laughs) And (laughs) 
but <laughs> yeah, it's all his fault. It started with him. So. <laughs> but we actually got engaged near the Crystal Palace. Oh, nice. In the Magic Kingdom. And it was very quiet because neither of us are extroverted that way. Very sweet, very quiet over there next to the Crystal Palace. So um, that was a that's a you know a little bit of a special place in my heart. Cool, Crystal. How about you? So a few of the the spots that I had on you know the California Girl is really gorgeous at night. They'll dim the lights and play the fireworks music throughout the the restaurant. But they also have like a platform where you can go outside. And it's dark and um, just a really romantic, beautiful spot. I think if you're looking to get engaged in, um, in front of the fireworks. Also, if you have a huge bank account, um, they have the yachts that you can rent at the Grand Floridian and go out onto Seven Seas Lagoon and you have like a private boat captain. And I think if, if you're made of money, this is like a great way to do it. Where you have like your, yeah, multi-carat diamond ring too. So I think those two things go together. Holy moly. <laughs> um, and then I actually saw recently where this adorable couple posted their video online and I retweeted it. Um, you can check out my Twitter account for it. But they got engaged. Um, they were doing a meet and greet with Mickey on Main Street. And then he just popped the question right there with Mickey. And it was like the cutest thing you've ever seen. Like Mickey was part of the act and like giving them hugs and then taking pictures at the end. And it was just. Like, I was, like, laughing, and almost, like, my heart was about to burst at the same time out of, like, sheer joy for this couple. It was um, it was really adorable. And Mickey, like, posed with her hand out to show the ring and then made a heart with their, their arms and, like, popped in the middle of it. So it was it was pretty cute to get Mickey in on the, on the action. That's awesome. Yeah, so I thought those were kind of some cool ways in order to kind of to, to have a proposal. But we had our honeymoon at Disney, so we did the, the bride and groom Mickey ears and... Yep. You know, kind of spent the week down. Yeah, so we spent our, our honeymoon um, actually at the at the parks. Cool. And Jessica, I know you're not a a married girl, but what uh, over in Disneyland is there any spots that would that you would think would be great places to to have that happen? Oh yes, yeah. If I don't get proposed to in the parks, I might have to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one place that I thought would be cool in Disney World or in Disneyland would be on Tom Sawyer Island, just because it looks over so much of the park and it's kind of quiet, and it and it would make for a great backdrop if you had somebody taking a picture or something. Um, I'm not I've never been on the island in Disney World, but in Disneyland there's kind of like a platform at the front where they do Fantasmic, and that's a really cool place to stand. And I think that that would just be an awesome spot. Another place that I picked in the Magic Kingdom, which is probably cliche by now, but the Be Our Guest restaurant, I just love that place, so I think that would be an awesome, like in the ballroom or in front of the stained glass mural or something, that would be super cool. And then I was going to say the train station, but you stole my idea, so I guess I'll say (laughs) Cars Land has a really nice backdrop, which I'm sure I've talked about before where you can see the whole mountain range and there's kind of a walkway that goes down and there's usually a photographer there, but it's still pretty quiet. So I think that would just be an awesome place to get some pictures or to be proposed to as well. Nice. Yeah. That's all sounds like great places. Now, since, uh, Crystal, you guys, I think we all kind of spent our honeymoon down there. So just briefly wanted to just, if there was any of your favorite experiences that happened down there since we're kind of on the wedding topic 
in relation to walking around with those Mickey ears and the Mickey veil? Because I know we did too, and you get the the pins that say just married and or just engaged in Adrian's case. So, <laughs> so Crystal, anything uh, anything really cool and special out of the ordinary happened to you guys while you were down there on your honeymoon? Yeah, we just um, went to the Cinderella Royal Table, and one of the cool things that they did that was unique for us, they actually brought us champagne in these in beautiful champagne flutes that said um, Cinderella's Royal Table on them, and then they had um, confetti on the table, and when we went to leave, they didn't charge us for the champagne, and they they gave us the flutes to take home. So every, like, an- yeah, it's our anniversary now. We end up, um, we pull out the, the champagne flutes and we use those to kind of toast our, our anniversary. So it's something really cool that they did for us that completely free that they did not have to do. It's pretty amazing. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. How about you, Adrian? Um, well, I have to confess when because my obsession kind of started when we got engaged there I didn't know about the buttons I didn't know about um, any kind of the special things so we didn't kind of get any special treatment but we're going back for our 10 year anniversary in July and I am wearing a button in every place you can put a button (laughs) to to make sure to make up for that (laughs) definitely you have to get your celebrating 10 ears button put on it (laughs) <laughs> that's I don't remember I was we were married in 2002 so I don't remember if they had the buttons then either but I know my wife wore her ears with the veil every day and I wore the top hat as much as I could without it blowing off my head all the time <laughs> I mean we I don't remember anything super out of the ordinary and the fanciest we did we had a dinner over at Narcusi's in the Grand Floridian on the water and I know that was a big splurge for that and I remember just getting some different experiences like with the old backlot tour that they used to do at the studios when they used to take you into that special effects tank and they would uh, recreate the scene of the plane coming and dunking the water and all that stuff and they get the volunteers one person to be in the little boat and then the other guy to the other person to throw the lever that dunks all the water on the other person we got chose to do that so that was Aww. that was a lot of fun the shame part is there's you're nobody else is with you, so there's no video footage of it because they don't videotape it for you or or any of that stuff. And this was before camera phones, <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty cool. And on the cruise, because we did the cruise second, that was it was the same thing. Since the boat is, I mean, they're not small, but it's not like walking around Disney World. You do get to see the same people often. So you get known as the honeymooners. I think the cruise we were on, there was three other couples that had gotten married at the same time. So you do get you do get called the newlyweds all the time and the honeymooners and get some recognition in that way. And they, we got f- champagne flutes as, I don't remember getting an extra package. It was the same thing like what Crystal had gotten. We had gotten like champagne flutes that say Disney Cruise Line on them as part of going in there. And some other, we got like a nice like little tote bag that said fairy tale weddings and stuff like that and this was nothing that we had done extra like as a package or anything so it was kind of cool to get that that extra swag from disney when you can <laughs> yeah all right well that's good i think that's that's a lot of good good advice and some good picture spots and hopefully we can uh get to give some ideas to some of the fellows out there that are listening to uh <laughs> to, <laughs> to get some good ideas all right, so moving on, Crystal was recently at Walt Disney World for a little weekend jaunt, so I believe she had some experiences she wanted to share with 
with everyone. So, Crystal? Yeah, um, this past weekend, we just we live here locally, so we decided we were going to take a little mini family vacation and head over and stay at um, the Grand Floridian just for two nights. So, it is uh, Disney's flagship hotel, um, built in 1988. It has a Victorian charm uh, along the Monroe Loop. I think that's probably one of the biggest perks of staying at Grand Floridian is that Monroe Loop, um, loop easy access to get into the Magic Kingdom. But overall, it's a deluxe resort, um, 867 rooms, and they just added 147 villas in 2013 for the DVC club members. I think the biggest shocker with, uh, with Grand Floridian is that sticker price, which is $450 to $860 a night. So you have to really want it to stay at this resort. <laughs> we were, uh, luckily enough, we were able to get a, um, a group rate. So it was, it was much cheaper and, and way more affordable. So that's kind of why we, we chose to go that route. But again, transportation um, along the Monorail route to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. You can take a bus to the other parks. And then you can also take a boat um, over to Magic Kingdom, which is awesome with a toddler. Kind of like easy escape route. If we need a quick nap, we can kind of take off and get back to the the resort very quickly. But the the, the amazing thing is the guest service there. Um, you know, when you when you check into the room, there's experienced cast members. They take everything for you in a golf cart right up to your room, tell you about the resort, and kind of get that just that extra special time with the cast members and kind of get to know them as they take your luggage to the room. Um, and they kind of walk you up to the room, which is which is great, a unique thing. Um, about a deluxe resort versus the other ones. Um, in addition to that, just in the close proximity to Magic Kingdom, we were at um, just on property near Narcoosies when the fireworks were going off, um, and we just stood there next to the Seven Seas Lagoon, and we got to see the electrical water pageant as well as the fireworks. So those are a few of the cool things about Grand Floridian versus the other deluxe resorts, um, as well as some of the theming. So um, each of the, the deluxe hotels were kind of built to mirror the lands within uh, Ma- Magic Kingdom. So the Polynesian would be tied to Adventureland, uh, contemporary with Tomorrowland, and then Grand Floridian is obviously Main Street. So you get kind of that, that Main Street flair when you check into the hotel. Um, they have a grand piano playing during the day and the orchestra in the evening. So it is very uppity. Um, like when you check in, you feel like you need to be dressed nice. Um, it doesn't, like, I was rolling and wearing like running shorts and like a tank. And I'm like, oh, I might want to put some makeup on. It can be a bit intimidating to stay there. Um, I'm definitely more of a Fort Wilderness kind of girl. So, um, but, um, so... <laughs> the the lobby is just beautiful. It's a five story lobby with these huge chandeliers. Um, you know, I highly recommend just ch- coming over and sitting in the lobby, relaxing with a drink. Um, it's air conditioned, so if you're not staying there. A nap is always good in the lobby too, by some time. Um, but they do some cool things there. They have some special activities. They do a princess parade daily, so the girls that have gone to the booby bobby boutique can come in and do a lap around um, the lobby in their in their princess gowns. Um, they also do some fun seasonal activities. So at Christmas time, they have a gingerbread house that they build in the in the resort, and you can actually buy gingerbread cookies out of the gingerbread house. It's pretty incredible. Yep. And then um, at Easter time, they do chocolate Easter eggs, and they have like a competition where the artists come in and they they make Easter eggs all out of chocolate. It makes the entire lobby smell divine, like chocolate. Um, so if you can check it out during the holidays, I, I recommend that also. Um, and something cool that they do is if you go into the Disney merchandise shop there, you can kind of shop around, um, even at other properties, and bring back goodies, and they'll make an Easter basket for you. 
and the Easter Bunny can deliver it to your room um, if needed. So pretty cool stuff um, that they... Yeah, just like an additional amenity that they offer um, by getting your Easter basket done there. Um, and then as we talked about, the wedding pavilion um, is also available. So you constantly see like Cinderella's carriage with the white ponies. There's brides everywhere. Um, we actually saw a bride this weekend. So everyone was like in suit and ties and cute little like ring bears and flower girls everywhere. Um, so I was kind of having this moment where I was looking at my husband. I'm like, we've made the ultimate fail. Why did we get married in Asheville? We should have been married at the, like, the Grand Floridian. This is terrible. We made a mistake. Um, he's like, we're kind of joking. We're like, we need to break up and just get back together so we can get remarried. I'm like, we'll just fake it. Um, Vow renewals. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then there's some really cool shops there, too. So if you decided you want to make your Easter basket or just kind of go on a shopping spree, they have... Some really great shops. Um, they have the Commander Reporters um, Men's Shop, um, the Basin Mickey, um, Basin White Shop, which is like Mickey soaps um, and different like bath bombs. And life is always better with with Mickey soap when you can like sit in the tub with a glass of wine and have like a Mickey bath bomb. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Are you you're supposed then, to use those? I just kind of collect them. In the yeah, yeah. Keep them in the cabinet. They're like <laughs> guest towels. They're just for like. <laughs> And then they have on um, the summer lays where you can like the women's shop. That's the main one where you can buy Lily Coldzer, um, Vera Bradley bags, and they also have the new Castle Couture line um, that Disney's put out. So it's like high-end um, clothing that's like great quality. So they sell that there too. And then they have their sundry shop and the typical Disney merchandise. Um, and they also have a salon. So I think it's mainly for all the brides that are going in there and, and their their bridal parties, but. I've seen some of the girls getting their hair done there as well to do the princess time. Other than that, they have pool. I mean, the pools are incredible. I really just, there's so many amazing things to say about it. The pools are awesome. Uh, one of the things that they do different than the other pools is they actually have a food and drink service. So somebody will come around and will ask you what you want. And I think every dream vacation is to have a cabana boy. So I was pretty excited. <laughs> like, oh, cabana boy, I'm going to need another drink. <laughs> So they have two main pool areas. Um, there's one that's like a no a zero entry pool that has some fountains. And actually, our son liked that one a lot more. I think it's only maybe four, three, four feet deep. So that one does, does not have a lifeguard there, a little bit more low key. And then the other pool has the water slide as well as the toddler area that's themed after Alice in Wonderland. So that one has the this big green Mad Hatter's hat that fills up with water and dumps out every couple minutes. Um, as well as some water slides for young kids, and it's all gated in. So that area is awesome. We took our son over there, and he's still a little bit too young for it. Um, but, I mean, there was three and four-year-olds that were having the time of their lives. Um, it was, like, the coolest thing they'd ever experienced. Um, and then they have jacuzzis and stuff like that as well that you can go into, which, I mean, it was so hot. I don't know how anyone was hanging out in a jacuzzi. But uh, kind of talking about the room, most of the rooms are about 400 square feet, and AAA has given them uh, four Diamond Award winners. So the rooms are pretty nice compared to most hotel rooms. I mean, they have posh amenities. They'll come in and do turndown service at night, um, and they'll leave, like, little chocolates on your pillow with a Grand Floridian tag on them. So that's pretty cool. And then they do – so you get towel service throughout the day and kind of twice-a-day service they're coming in to do um, the turndown service and they can be upgraded amenities too so like you get the H2O shampoo and conditioner you get some lotion that you don't typically get 
at the value resorts. They give you lots of towels. I mean, it just, they're, it's kind of the same stuff, but they actually give you more of it. It's not as rationed out. And then they also have robes. So I felt like a pretty big baller, like hanging out in one of the Grand Floridian robes. That was, that was a perk. Um, you can sit in your robe and order room service too. They have, they have room service if you want it. Um, and then all of the rooms are interior rooms with balconies. So our, our balcony actually overlooked one of the pools. So we could kind of see the back side of the, the lobby. Um, but it was really quiet. I've been at some of the other resorts that it's, it's really loud. You can't sleep in past 630 in if you wanted to. Um, this one was a, um, very quiet. The, I mean, you have glass sliding doors and it keeps the sun out and we we're actually able to get some sleep. There's a double bed with a fold-out couch, so you could fit probably six people in there comfortably. And then they have a desk with, like, a computer desk if you needed to work, as well as a flat-screen TV. So, I mean, a little bit nicer than some of the other rooms that we've been in. And the theming is Alice in Wonderland, so they had some silhouettes in there of Alice in Wonderland. And a few things that I've seen at this resort that they lack at some of the others is just small things. So, like... They give you a ceiling fan, which in Florida is a huge perk. Um, but the AC actually works in this room, too. I know, I've been in other rooms and I was, like, sweating it out all night. And it actually got kind of, it got cooler in here. Um, you know, they have a hamper for your dirty clothes. And the beds were really comfy and nice. Um, and the pillows were nice. I mean, some of the resorts that I stay at, I'm not kidding. I feel like the, the sheets are, like, razor blade sheets. Like, I have to take a blanket to, like, to, like, muffle, like, to roll in in order to get some sleep. So, like, I, I think that they give you nicer bed sheets and stuff like that here at this property as well. Um, I think my biggest beef with the room is just you couldn't fully open the bathroom door. It would hit the toilet seat. And I was just like, I can't believe they didn't, like, give you an extra foot here to, like, you couldn't go in the bathroom. You had to, like, go in the bathroom, like, slide up against the wall, close the door, and then you could, like, walk around the front of the toilet. It was just kind of crazy that you're paying, you know, you should be paying range, yeah. $800 a night for a room, and you're like, I have to do, like, a game of Tetris to be able to get into the restroom. <laughs> so that was really my only complaint about the room. I was like, you know, just one foot more, and this would be a lot better. And then I don't know if you guys have ever eaten at any of the, the full-service restaurants there. So they have, you know, Victorian Alberts, which is their five-dine-in restaurant that you can't go into unless you're, um, without, with children under the age of 10. Um, they have Citricos, Narcoosies, 1900 Park Fair, I mean, Grand Floridian Cafe, Garden View, Lounge, Misner's, Gasparilla's, um, Quick Service, and Beaches Poolside. So, I don't know, have y'all eaten at any of these properties? Yes. I've what done, it? we've done the, the, the buffet at 1900 Park Fair, which, by and large, blows away Chef Mickey's. Oh, and, thank goodness. We're going in September. Oh, it's fantastic. And, oh, good. And it's if I remember, it's it's Alice, the Mad Hatter, Cinderella, Cinderella. Yeah, Sunday? for yes. I believe I don't know. It, none of them matter except the Mad Hatter because he is just hysterical. <laughs> He's fantastic. He's so Isn't that the one that has the Tremaine sisters too? Is that in the evening? It's dinner. Yeah, that, so we went there for dinner. Yeah, we went there for dinner, and they were hilarious. They were, like, throwing gummy bears at each other and <laughs> screaming across the restaurant, and then. You know, our son was like making over the two girls, the two sisters, and they were they just couldn't handle it because you know they, the the whole storyline is that they never get any attention from Prince Charming, so that was adorable. And then um, Cinderella selected our son. They'll like kind of Prince Charming and Cinderella will dance, and then they split off and they pick somebody to dance with, and Cinderella picked our son. So he's two, and I know I was like tears, guys. 
they were dancing, but it was just funny because, like, 30 seconds in, he was like, okay, my time's up, I gotta go, you know, so he like, cut her off and was like, bye, and just walked away, <laughs> That's and, then, um, and then they, like, we obviously got him back over there, they danced a little longer, and at the end, she bowed, and she taught him how to bow, so that was really cute, so he, like, lowered his head and bowed. Um, so, but I had my one of my favorite character meals is 1900 Park Fair with Cinderella and like the evil stepsisters and the mom. It is so much fun. It's hilarious. It's just I that is one of the best meals. I mean, great food and character interactions are awesome. So if you have a reservation there, that is that's a good spot. I can't wait. That's been on my to do list for a while. So I'm really excited about it. And then the only other couple things I have on my list, um, just from a review standpoint, um. They have a spa there, um, so it really is a full-service resort. They have the Fences Spa, so just let me know if you guys need to do a research trip. I will happily volunteer for this, so <laughs> just let me know when you need it. Um, and you know, they also have a workout facility, basketball court. Um, they have the New Balance running trails, um, and we had a really great time. It was it was pretty incredible. We really enjoyed our trip. And not to really, I, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy about anything that we had um, occur on the property. Everything was really fun. It was just, it's pricey to stay there, and I'm not, it's a really nice resort, um, we enjoyed all the, all the amenities, but I really felt like you could possibly hit the property during a vacation and see everything without actually staying there. The rooms are not so unbelievable that you're missing out on anything, uh, and the pools are great, but they're not like the Polynesian or the Beach Club. I guess from, like, a, a cost per resort I think, like, going to the beach club and, you know, having access to their sand beach pool and some of the amenities there are almost better than what's going on at the Grand Floridian. So I think you can, you know, hit all the restaurants, drink in the lobby, hit the shops, go to the, sal- uh, the salon or the spa and and save your, you know, additional $600 a night. But it, it's an amazing experience and I highly recommend it. If the bank account can handle it, I, I would recommend checking it out. I had an awesome time. I don't want to sound like my, my tiara is too tight by any means. Um, but, you know, it, I think it just depends on how you choose to spend your money. So I guess that was my question I wanted to pose to you guys. Um, is it worth it to you guys to pay $800 a night for a room or would you rather take that money and like go do experiences? So have like go to the Animal Kingdom and do the, you know, the, the wild African track or take a tour and do some of the cool things that are available with that additional money or do you guys like staying at like the deluxe resorts? Well, hmm. I, I stayed at the Grand Ferry and we stayed there once, I believe, for one night when I was a kid. My Down there with my parents, my father was at a conference and after... We were there for a week after his conference was over, after like the four nights at whatever hotel they had us in there. He said, ah, for the next two nights, we'll, we'll spend the money and we'll stay at the Grand Floridian. So I was, this was, whew, this was probably 25 years ago. So I was, it was interesting to hear your take on it because it sounds like everything was pretty much exactly the same from when I was there. The the chocolates, the, the fancy robes. I remember trying to put one of those fancy robes in my suitcase and my father's like, oh, I don't think so. Because <laughs> they're going to put that in a tab. Um, and I know they've redone the pools and I was going to ask you if you checked out the new pools with the Alice in Wonderland. Those those splash areas are a ton of fun. When your son is old enough and can go in there, go with him because having that water get dumped on here, my kids are the same way. They would just stand there. Not at that hotel. At the not all of them have it. I think uh, I know Old Key West has one at theirs, and that's a ton of fun there. I think the Boardwalk Pool has one now. 
and those areas are just a lot of fun. And then it, it made me laugh when you about in the in the lobby and, you know, running in, in in track shorts and a and a tank top. That's that's usually me. Now I've got <laughs> tattoos up and down my arms and legs, and I walk in that place and I feel like it's when uh, in Christmas vacation when cousin Eddie comes and it's just like a <laughs> scratches and everybody's staring at me because you know, with, the, with the do rag on and you know bottle of beer in my hand and just I have no business being in this place. But you know whatever to each his own <laughs> my money's good everywhere just like everybody else's but the holidays that place is truly a whole different world i uh, you know like you said the the gingerbread house is something you just got to see in person and if you're a, a like to take pictures with not only an iphone like i do that thing is phenomenal the details on it and the all the characters they implement like above all the windows there's like little it's just phenomenal how they build that thing and taking pictures in front of the tree and all that other stuff is just really great. I think going back to your question about whether or not it's worth it, I think it depends on your goal for that vacation. Like if, if I'm wanting to have a more relaxed vacation where I'm going to spend more time at the pool or spend time in the room or that kind of thing, then I think it's definitely worth it. And like you were talking about, about the monorails, that's right there is worth, I think, the price increase for anything because of the ease of transportation, um, especially with little ones. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, but, you know, if you're going, like, say you're, like, we do two, three-day trips a lot, and because it's such a long, a longer trip for us, the room doesn't matter as much. So, like, we went and, um, like, we spur the moment decided to go down there, and the only thing available was Coronado Springs, which is fine. It's a moderate, but it's not, you know, I, I didn't find it super special. Um, but it was fun because we were, we were going to be hitting the parks and hitting them hard and we were just going to be sleeping in that room. So I think it just kind of depends on, on what your priorities are. I agree. I think that's a great point. I mean, it is a full service resort, so you could, you could go in and, and never see the, the parks at all and, and have a great time. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel that way probably about most of the deluxe resorts. I guess I really didn't answer your what you had asked. Too, <laughs> but um, yeah, for, for me, it's not that much about the room. Like going as a kid and even when my kids were very young, and I don't recommend it to anyone, but we used to hit the parks hard do also and do the all-day thing and you know not, not go back for naps and everything else, so it didn't really matter, and that was a mistake. <laughs> Lesson learned on that one. But, um, yeah, the rooms just don't, as long as the bed is comfy and the shower works, I'm, doesn't much matter to me. So I'd, I'm kind of with Adrian. Like, if it's not a priority that your hotel be super fancy, I'd, I'd rather spend my money elsewhere, like on those tours that you had mentioned, Crystal, and, and other things or dining experiences mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that, merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I've always been. Same way. For me, it's a little different in Disneyland because it's right up against a main street. So you have a lot of choices of cheaper hotels that aren't on the property. So like when I think about it, for me, it's more about proximity because you can stay at some really inexpensive hotels that are right by the park gates. And then 
some of the nicer hotels, like the Disneyland Hotel, is all the way on the other side of downtown Disney. So, you know, I'm I'm a new college grad, so I have a pretty low budget. So I'd rather be in the cheap hotel close to the park gates than stay in a nicer hotel that's a longer walk. It's just not as important to me, I guess. Yeah, we noticed kind of the same thing at the Disney, when we went to Disneyland in February. It was tough because we could either stay on property and pay a fortune, or we could use points from, like, business travel and save the double tree. So we ended up yeah. saying the double yeah. tree and getting like a two bedroom suite for free versus, you know, or che- oh, much cheaper than, you know, the Disneyland resort. So we, we did the same thing. Like we sacrificed to utilize the money at, you know, going to afternoon tea and trying to do some of the other things, buy, buy a lot of merchandise while we were there. No. Yeah, and a lot of the discount off-property hotels have shuttles right to the park gates, and it's weird because the actual resort hotels don't. I mean, the Grand Californian has a private entrance to California Adventure, so that's a little different. But, like, the Disneyland Hotel or Paradise Pier Hotel, it's a long walk, and if you've got a little kid and you want to go for nap time, it's, it's not trivial to get all the way back to the hotel, whereas you could take, you know, a $10 for your whole trip, I think, for a shuttle for most of those hotels and just hop right back. It's it's kind of a no-brainer. Wow. Now, are those the hotels in Disneyland, like, I can't speak from experience, just what I've, what I've heard and what I've looked at online are outrageously expensive, like even compared to the Disney yeah. World Deluxe ones, like the Grand Californian and the and the Disneyland Hotel are, like, ridiculous, like upwards of, like, five and 600 a night, like, for the lower rooms. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, it's just not worthwhile because, yeah, they're nice, but at the end of the day, I at least for me, I spend 99% of the day in the park, so I don't really need to have, you know, this amazing room. And for the price, it's just when there's so much competition of other cheap hotels around, it makes no sense to me that they charge that much. Yeah, and I I just was listening to something recently over the weekend about the – Paradise Pier Hotel, which I guess was not even a new hotel. It when they just when they no. were building uh, California Adventure, they bought whatever hotel was in the proximity or there that was there, and just kind of like slapped paint on it and Disneyed it, and that's it. Like nothing was redone or refurbished. And I guess it's it's not a dump, but compared to what they for what they charge compared to the other two, it's like it's outrageous from what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never stayed there, but the last time I looked at prices, I think it was like $100 cheaper a night than the Disneyland Hotel, which is totally Disney-themed. They have like a Peter Pan pool and all this stuff. And then the Paradise Pier Hotel is on like a side street. It's got no view of anything, and it's really not Disney-themed. It's just really weird. Yeah, that's that's what I was listening to, and I just couldn't couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. I was like, ooh, I mean... I guess you want to stay there because you say it's on Disney, the Disney property. So, you know, some people like, you know, when they're there, they want to be all encompassed and not have to worry about anything. But for those prices, right. I mean, you got to, uh, I agree with you. I'd be staying at the, uh, the holiday inn down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. well, we looked at it for non-peak season and Paradise Pier is like their entry level resort. I think it was starting at like $380 during non-peak season. Wow. And you're like that. It just pains you if you have, especially since we had the free nights um, from other travel. So it's like I, we could, we just couldn't justify it, especially because we had a kitchenette and a two-bedroom and the other at the Doubletree. In addition to that, there was a good tip that we got. We just walked out of the Doubletree, and the Disney parking lot was right there. So we were able to jump on the Disney bus and ride the Disney bus in for free every single day. So we didn't nice. have to walk yeah. in. So it was pretty 
pretty great location. So I highly recommend the Double Tree. It's a gorgeous hotel. They do free breakfast and um, and dinner and drinks at night. So, I mean, for us, it was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I don't know why you would stay anywhere else. I mean, Disney has some serious competition out there. Yeah. I like to stay at a place called the Candy Cane Inn. It's really cheap. It's basically a motel, but... There's, you know, free Wi-Fi. They have a free breakfast buffet. It's the only hotel I know of in the area that has a free tram to and from the park gates every 30 minutes. It's like a 15-minute walk, and it's like 100 bucks a night. So when you think about that versus spending, you know, $800 for the Grand Californian, I mean, where would you rather put your money, you know? I'm only laughing because when we walked by that hotel, I was like, next time we come, we must stay at the Candy Cane Inn. Like, that sounds amazing. And then they have awesome reviews, too. Like, we were looking at the reviews online, and everyone loves to stay there. Yeah, I mean, the rooms are really basic, but the staff is super nice, and it's quiet despite being on Main Street. And the biggest incentive for me is the fact that it has the free tram service, so. Yeah, you can't beat that. That definitely helps out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, lots of lots of information there on the Grand Floridian and then spurring off onto different hotels around some of the different Disney properties. So now with like uh, final segment, we're going to turn it over to, uh, to Jessica. She's got an interesting question for all of us and some insight on the, uh, on Tomorrowland. So take it away, Jessica. Thank you. Okay. So the post that I'm going to talk about is a post I did about new Tomorrowland, which was, um, the Disneyland Tomorrowland's second major refurbishment project. It was in uh, 1998, and it really didn't go well. So before that project, um, Tomorrowland really hadn't been updated since the 60s. And obviously, if you have a land set in the future, it has to keep updating to stay in the future. So it desperately needed a makeover. And by the 90s, Disney finally said, okay, we have to do something about this. They just finished building Mickey's Toontown, so they were ready to start a new project. So they announced that they were going to do New Tomorrowland, which was supposed to be set in 2055. And the whole look was going to change, and it was going to be inspired by um, the Tomorrowland land in Disneyland Paris, which is called Discoveryland. And that's it's really bronze, and it's got all these metals everywhere, and it just looks very different. But... New Tomorrowland was not received well. Um, Fans were really mad because construction took three years. And aside from changing the color of the buildings, there was basically nothing different. So people were just kind of like, what did we wait for? And the whole idea was it was supposed to be all bronze, but it just looked brown. And Space Mountain just looked like it was rusted and abandoned. I mean, it was really ugly. And... Disney realized pretty quick that it just wasn't working, so they undid it in a couple of years. So it was kind of all this wasted effort. But aside from the fact that it was really ugly, the reason that I think New Tomorrowland failed was because it didn't move into the future. There were no new attractions, and and nothing about it predicted life in 2055, which is the whole premise of this land is supposed to be like a look into the future. And as I was researching this, I was thinking about Tomorrowland today, and I was thinking about the rides that are there. There's Star Tours, there's Buzz Lightyear and the submarines, and don't get me wrong, those are all really fun and awesome rides, but they really have nothing to do with the future. It's just kind of a random assortment of stuff. 
So my question for all of you guys is, I mean, what do you think about Tomorrowland today? I mean, is it fair to even call it Tomorrowland anymore? Should they call it something else? Should they, what, what can they do to, to fix it? Or do you think it doesn't need to be fixed? I'm just, I'm just curious to hear what you guys think about Tomorrowland. Well, um, I, I don't have any experience with the Disneyland one, but I do. And you guys lost your people mover when they when they did one of those giant refurbs, right? And they had some other abomination, the rocket rods in there for a little bit, which I guess was was terrible. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, that was the 1998 one. Yeah, right. The rocket rods replaced the people movers, but the track wasn't built for a fast speed ride, so it broke down constantly, and they finally took it down. And the whole people mover track is still there, but it's just there's nothing on there's it. Nothing it's on just it. like decoration now. That's a shame. Um, yeah, I wanted to come back. I love the people. The people movers, yeah, it's like a staple in in Walt Disney World for sure. I'd have to say, I have no no problems really with with the one in Disney World at all. Um, I know some of the attractions, some of the newer generation of people that go there, I think don't have the appreciation for some of the older stuff like Carousel of Progress and the People Mover. I think it's they're they're looking for thrill rides and thrill rides only. Uh, I think the only thing that, if it went away, I wouldn't miss it was would be the the raceway, only because it's kind of a shell of what it used to be. It used you to would be miss Stitch. I like Stitch. <laughs> I do. I don't know why. I just do. I I, I I like that movie. So I guess maybe that's why. I, that's true. I do love the movie. There's nothing else that has him in it really. So. It was. If that went away, I probably wouldn't be sad either. But that wouldn't be first on my list. I think that that raceway has takes up such a big area of real estate. I think they can. How that didn't become some sort of Lightning McQueen thing, for us when they did Cars Land is beyond me because that would have been the perfect place to do some sort of, uh, Piston Cup, style anything. I mean, yeah. I, Tomorrowland's my favorite land to just be in. Even if I'm not on an attraction, I like just sitting over by the either over around Buzz Lightyear, under the People Mover track, or over by Space Mountain near all those electric palm trees and just that background music and grab some popcorn and just just hang out. It's just a cool. It's a busy area, but it's I don't know the ambiance of it. Just just to me, just screams Disney World. And I, I don't remember the original one that much, and I should because I was there quite a bit before they did their refurb in in 93 and I think it opened back up in 95 when they were done with everything with the whole overlay for the new Tomorrowland the old one was pretty drab I think it was just a lot of white and blue and I guess in the 70s that was their vision of tomorrow but (laughs) I guess now it still has a futuristic feel but I kind of agree with Jessica the attractions themselves except for maybe the laugh floor aren't screaming anything that's into the future now with all the technology that's that's come about over the past 20 years so yeah i'm with you rj i don't necessarily have anything negative to say about tomorrowland um i don't i don't it kind of reminds me of like the contemporary hotel which was you know new and awesome when it was first made and but now it's kind of the the term contemporary and the term Tomorrowland almost means something different. It's like, 
you know, 30 years ago, their image of what it would be, not necessarily what our image of it in today's terms would be. Right. And, um, you know, but they do still keep with the themes and you've got the space exploration with Buzz Lightyear and that kind of thing. And, and that works for me. It does. I don't, and even though it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't scream future anymore. Um, it still works, I think, for what it was designed to be. Yes, I'll agree with that. And if you yeah. look, if you look around, like as you walk through, like if you come through the Noodle Station instead of coming across the the main bridge there by the castle, there's like posters, if you would, like along the walls there, and some of that stuff is still screams to like somewhat Tomorrowland type stuff. If you read the thing, it's like entertainment guides and almost kind of helps with like the story of Tomorrowland and I, you know over by the people mover they have that that robot that'll that's like the phone and it has like the the newspaper in it I believe you can push like buttons on it or something and it, it'll uh, tell you like the news of the day or the weather on some planet or something like that so it does have those little touches they're just kind of hidden away they're not out in in plain sight you know they have that cool big uh, floating water globe that everybody likes to push around and figure out how it's that giant marble is floating on water yeah just to kind of add to what jessica was saying um during our recent visit to disneyland i didn't really get the vibe that i was in tomorrowland i felt like they were kind of taking everything and just running like running it into the ground with star wars so the overlay for space mountain with star wars um, like every 15 minutes like they would play star wars music and then have stormtroopers come out and just yeah. walk around so I was kind of getting the vibe that they were just taking that and turning it into more of like Star Wars land, um, like their version of Star Wars land. Um, and then here in Walt Disney World, I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't really have like an issue with anything going on in Tomorrowland. I'm just more surprised that they aren't doing anything to kind of drive it forward. Like there's no action plan in place at all within like the next five to ten years to do anything with it. Um, they're just kind of, I guess they realize like the, the fan base is, is okay with it and they're leaving it but then there's still no action plan to do anything really exciting and i think that's where like some of the other theme park competitors like universal and zero can kind of come in and gain some followers because they do have a little bit more exciting and thrill rides and i think when people think of tomorrowland they expect something fast and speedy and kind of like space mountain but multiple versions of that or to see something uh, a new kind of technology that they've never seen before um, and I think Monsters, Inc. kind of gave us a little insight to that. Um, but now, you know, I think technology is getting caught up to that. So I, I don't see anything that's like, you know, a shock and awe when you go on any of these attractions. And I think that's what most people are expecting when they go into Tomorrowland. Um, it, not so much just like a Star Wars version of Tomorrowland. So I'm with you guys. I'm not like terribly upset about anything going on there. Um, but it is kind of like getting to look a little rusty. Where I think I feel like they need to do something, but there's no plan to do anything with it. Right. Well, have have you guys seen any of the videos of the uh, the Tron coaster that opened up in in Shanghai? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. That thing, that, oh, that thing is crazy. Yeah. Look it up on on YouTube, or I think the Parks blog may even have a video of it. That thing is insane. Oh, and that you know, people were talking, you know. Twitter buzz and you know rumors and stuff like that. Oh, that'd be perfect in Walt Disney World. You know where where could we stick that? You know, get rid of the raceway and let's put that there. You know, we need another coaster, another coaster. You know, it's just 
I mean, you don't get any really much more future than Tron. (laughs) You know, I don't know if they were hoping that the Tomorrowland movie was going to take off better than it would than it did. And they were going to implement some of that into the park, into that section of the park. And yeah, that's a shame if like what Crystal said, if there's nothing even on the table in the long term for it, because I think eventually it does. It is something that needs, needs to be addressed, especially with the name. Of, of the actual land. I mean, all the other parts of the Magic Kingdom, I think, are uh, are fine the way they are. You know, there's there's not much else you can change. You know, they just, you know, doubled the size of Fantasyland and did everything they needed to do there. So that's that's set for a while. And all the other ones, I think, are, are as they are, really don't need to be touched, I think. So I think Tomorrowland is probably the next thing if they were to... St- do another major overhaul in the Magic Kingdom would probably be the next thing that they should do. What a great you know, idea. I think they... Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that maybe that that is down the pipeline somewhere. They're just so focused on Star Wars Land and Avatar and um, you know the Toy Story Land and all that that's coming that you know, maybe it is maybe in talks because I do think that, like you were saying, RJ, that's kind of a weak spot if you're going to look for a weak spot in Magic Kingdom. Um, but maybe we've just got to get through these, these other big openings. And plus, it still feels to me that New Fantasyland is still like new. You know, I know it's been a few years now, but it still feels like because Magic Kingdom just got that that partial revamp, that maybe they're not so focused on on that particular park. Yeah, probably attendance definitely, you know, doesn't say that people aren't going there because of certain things. I mean, Space Mountain will still be, you know, second behind the the mine train for the longest line and the fast pass that sells out quick. So, you know, I, I don't think they're worried about everybody standing on every attraction and, and the lay of the land. I guess they're just, you know, bodies are in there and doing stuff. So that's, yep. I guess that's their major concern on, on nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah, I think they've got so much tied up in those other three big projects that, that you just mentioned that I don't think they're worried about anything else until those open and I hope until they start seeing, you know, cash rolling in for all those, for those three uh, entities because that's got to happen. Maybe, maybe we can just use the thanks Shanghai hashtag for that for now. <laughs> That works. That works for me. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I think if they actually went in and changed anything in Tomorrowland, I would also be the fan who was like screaming, "Like, how dare you change Tomorrowland?" So it's funny, like how I'm saying, "Hey, drive it into the future," and we need to be more forward-looking. And at the same time, I, I would say, "Hands off of anything except Stitch. Like, you can you can take Stitch, and but you have to leave everything else alone." So it's kind of like tugging at heartstrings with that one. I think, Crystal, you've just described every Walt Disney World fan that there is. Like, yeah. <laughs> redo everything, but don't touch a thing. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely me. I'm definitely a nostalgia guy. Actually, the more I get older, I'm like, eh, you know what? It's fine the way it is. I don't really care. You know, it's like I, when when everything went away from the fa- paper fast passes to this Magibay thing, I was, you know, grumbling and complaining walking around my house this is ridiculous what's wrong with the way it is it's not you know it's fine it's it works you can get whatever you know every hour you can go get a fast pass and do what you need to do and da 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 and i don't want to plan all this stuff i just want to go and do what i want to do and i still kind of feel that way it's nice it's convenient with the kids it's definitely a plus but like my wife and i are going in september we have not made one dining reservation 
we've booked two tours and I think we're just going to, you know, hit food and wine and hit a bunch of lounges and yeah, I'll do some fast passes. You know, I want definitely want to hit the new Soren and check out the frozen thing. But other than that, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be like an adult trip. I can't, you know, if the, the thought of having to plan for just two people is just kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to show up and kind of go. Yeah, I want to say everything. I agree with everything that you just said, and I also thoroughly enjoy the image of you stalking around your house, grumbling under your breath about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, well, I, I, there's probably no video proof, but I'm sure there was there was plenty of not nice things being said at the time. <laughs> like I said, I still it's still not my favorite thing. The convenience is nice, and I'm guilty of wearing my magic bands around just on a random weekend because I'm just feel like it. And you know, my family makes fun of me and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I've got seven of them or whatever it is. So I might, instead of them sitting in the drawer collecting dust, I might as well use it as a piece of jewelry. (laughs) And the kids think it's, well, that change is coming to Disneyland. So you'll have to help me through it. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are, I can't believe they did it. I thought they were going to leave that alone. There was so much resistance there for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's been an official announcement. If there has, it slipped by me. But they're building the little kiosk, so it's got to be happening. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a date too, but I have seen photos and pictures of yeah the, them putting the little things up and everything. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I guess that's what they want to do. They want to sh- you know have everything be the same, streamline everything, which is a shame because uh, it's nice that everything that there are things that are still different on, on both ends. And I'm, I'm really hoping that with, with the star Wars and the toy story lands, that there are different things in California versus Florida, but I don't think so. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be pretty much carbon copies, which is a shame. Yeah. I Well, all right then. I think, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up. At the end of every episode, we like to give everybody a way to get in touch with all our uh, all of our troop on the various social media sites. So, Jessica, let's start with you. Okay, so you can find my blog at duchessofdisneyland.com, and I'm also on Twitter at DuchessJessica, and then Facebook at Duchess of Disneyland. Very good. All right, and Crystal? Hey, you all, um, check me out on Twitter at Disney Brewing, and I'll also post that video of the Mickey Mouse proposal one more time, so you guys can check it out. Yes! <laughs> all right, and Adrian? All right, you can find my blog at www.bound.com. I am on Twitter at www.bound underscore com, and Facebook and Instagram at adrienwdwbound. All right, awesome. And I am RJ, and you can find me on Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. and on Instagram and Twitter at Black Pearl 454. And I just want to give you our missing two members this week who are traveling around. Uh, you can find Milford and catch up with his blog on his website, which is MilfordHutzel.com, and he is on Twitter at Milford on Move. And you can find Mel who takes care of our website at DizExplorers.com and has a blog on there as well. You can find her on Twitter at D 
DCL Prep School. And also as a with her new thing, her DCL Prep School, head to their website at DCLPrepSchool.com and sign up for email notifications. Uh, they're not up and running yet, but when they when she gets up and running and going, you'll be first to know to start receiving whatever communications that they're going to do with. That so with that, I would like to thank everyone.